Good Friday. This is the day that the Lord Jesus Christ died for your sins and for mine. When we come to the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ, he suffered greatly for you and for me. It was on that day that he took our place. It was on that day that he truly became our substitute. He stood in our place and took the cross that we deserve, took the wrath of God that we deserve on himself. He who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. As we come to the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ today, some people, some people even today, they don't believe it. You know, they, they just say, well, that's not true. Jesus didn't die that way. Consider the, the, the religion of Islam. You know, they don't believe that Jesus died on the cross. They actually believe that an imposter died in his place. They believe that Judas died on the cross, that Jesus convinced Judas to get up on the cross and die for him so that he could pass off this charade that he had been resurrected. Other beliefs out there say that, you know, Jesus just kind of, he kind of went away and this was just something the disciples had made up. And so there's all these different ideas around the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. But listen to me, friends, this is a validated fact of history. The Lord Jesus Christ died on a cross 2,000 years ago, and you have to make a decision of what that means in your life. Does the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ really save you from your sin? Some of you believe it does. I believe it does. I believe in the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe that 2,000 years ago, there lived a man who was a sinless, perfect man. He was God in the flesh. He lived 33 years, and after 33 years, he died in my place. I've given my life to him. I've experienced salvation through him. My life has never been the same. Others today that are listening to this podcast, you think this is foolishness. You're riding down the road right now. You're scanning through the radio. You've stumbled across uh, this devotional. You're listening to this. And you say, what foolishness? This guy talking about the cross of Jesus. 2,000 years ago, a Jewish carpenter dies on the on a, on a hillside somewhere, and, and that's it, you know. It's over. And it's just a foolish thing to believe that this guy actually could save me from my sins. Well, let me just remind you of a few miracles from the cross today. The Bible teaches us, number one, that on the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ, the sun went dark. Have you ever thought about that? At, th at 12 o'clock in the afternoon, darkness came over the whole land. Now, J. Vernon McGee, the great old pastor, he once said the following words. He said, up until 12 o'clock on the day Jesus was crucified, we have a lot of information. He says, we know of the court, we know of Pilate, we know of the Sanhedrin, we know of him standing before Herod, we know of the whipping, the scourging, the beating, we know of Simon, uh, Simon, uh, uh, the Cyrenian carrying the cross of Jesus up Golgotha. He said, we can almost hear the nails as they drive them in his hands. We see them casting lots and all these things. J. Vernon McGee says, up to 12 o'clock, we have all kinds of information. He says, but at 12 o'clock, the sun grows dark and darkness engulfs the entire land. 
And what he says is that at that moment, at 12 o'clock, the Lord Jesus Christ entered behind the veil of the Holy of Holies and that God the Father poured his wrath out on his Son and what Jesus suffered between 12 and 3 p.m. was so brutal because of God's wrath being poured out on him that God had to shield the eyes of humanity because we could not fathom what Jesus actually went through. We hear that agonizing cry, Allah, Allah, Lema Sabachthani, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That agonizing cry from the cross as Jesus cries out to his Father in heaven. The sun grew dark. Well, we also know on that day that the veil in the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. Notice it doesn't say it was torn in two from bottom to top. No, it was top to bottom. It's almost as if the finger of God ripped the veil. You see that veil, friends, it was, it was a huge curtain that, that blocked access to the Holy of Holies, the very presence of God. And it's almost as if, God, this thing is is so tall, it's it's more than a human could scale, and of course, it's so thick, no sword could cut it. But this thing is ripped from top to bottom by the very hand of God. It's almost like God reached down, grabbed the veil, opened it up, and said, now all can enter in. You see, that's huge because in the Old Testament, you couldn't go behind this curtain if you weren't a priest. But now God has ripped the veil and said, anybody who wants access to me can come because my son has died in your place. Not only that, but there was an earthquake that day. Have you ever considered that? That just a few days before, Jesus rides in on the back of a donkey and they shout, Hosanna, Hosanna, he who comes in the name of the Lord is the blessed one. And the Pharisees on that day, what do they say? They say, Jesus, tell these people who are saying these things about you, tell them to stop. Tell them to stop praising you. And Jesus says the following. He says, if they stop worshiping me, the very rocks will cry out. And think about the cross of Calvary. The disciples have now run away. We don't see his followers there. We don't see anybody there. It's just the Lord Jesus Christ, lonely and stretched out on a tree. No one is worshiping him in that moment. And what happens? An earthquake. Friends, the rocks literally begin to cry out in worship of their creator that is strung out on a tree. Not only that, but the Bible tells us that the sepulchers were open. The tombs were open. The Bible says the day the Lord Jesus died for our sins, the tombs were open and many who were dead got up and walked out and were seen in Jerusalem. We don't think about that much, but this is what happened. The Lord Jesus Christ, when he paid the penalty for our sin, and paid that ransom price, friends, immediately some were resurrected and were seen walking around Jerusalem. Just imagine seeing old Uncle Bob that you hadn't seen in three years. He's up walking around. And this is only possible through the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. His death gives life. What a message for us today 
And then finally, we see the greatest miracle of all. That man who was at the foot of the cross, the centurion, who put him to death. Upon seeing the sun go out, upon hearing about the veil being torn, the earthquake taking place, and the tombs being opened, the centurion said, Surely, this is the Son of God. And the centurion gives his life to Christ in saving faith. That's the greatest miracle of all. And friends, here's what I'm going to tell you. That miracle the centurion experienced is the same miracle you can experience today if you give your life to Christ. This is not a foolish message. This is the message by which God has chosen to save the world. If you give your life to Christ today, you will be saved. Just pray a simple prayer. Father God, I know I have sinned and I want to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior. I repent of those things. I make Jesus the Lord of my life. I believe he died for me. I believe he rose again and I believe he's coming back. Save me, Lord Jesus. Now, friends, I can't pray a magical prayer for you. It's got to be the prayer of the heart. But if you have chosen today to follow the Lord Jesus Christ, please go to our website, flatcreekchurch.net and let us know of your decision to follow him on our connections page. May God bless you, and I'll see you next time on New Horizons.